Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. The, the amazing thing about being family and uh, in our the, the amazing thing about being family is being able to have an opportunity to just release from a place. How many of you would rather, even if it's raw, not orderly, and we really don't know what's going to happen, have it be something that comes from a place than coming from a spreadsheet, right? Or an outline. Not that spreadsheets out and, or outlines are bad. I love them, right, Gabe? They're amazing. They are wonderful and they are a tool, but then there are those times where you just kind of have to flow with resting on him and being in him and coming from a place, coming from a place of experience, not coming from a place of knowledge. So I'm not standing up here tonight because I have all this knowledge and I've got all this wisdom and I have all these definitions, however they may flow from me. Um, but more coming from a place of experience. And as you guys know, Missy said in the beginning, we've kind of changed the way we do our services where most of us are used to coming to a typical service where you, you get it all. You have the worship, you've got the announcements, you've got the giving, you've got the teaching, and you've got, you've got, you've got all that. But what we really felt like, when did we start that? Turn up, the turn of the new year, right? The Hebrew new year? For a while? Um, we're just really feeling like we want to have time to dive into the word. How many of us want to shortchange the word and get 30 minutes and call it good and then think that that's going to be sufficient for, well, for me, for the next five minutes. It's not even, not even sufficient for the next five minutes, but just being able to really dive in and spend from now until the end to really dive into his word. And my heart tonight is that we're just, gonna, we're just going to get into the word and we're just going to see what happens. Does that sound good? And then I want to uh, just somewhat make a little bit of announcement. This month was a little bit different because last week was February 14th, which was Valentine's Day for the community. We did our community awareness service where you guys went out and were a blessing to the community. And I am still getting testimonies of how this region has received and how you guys were sent into the region. Absolutely powerful, right? To have a night where you think outside the box and you get activated as a family, maybe not necessarily physically together, but get activated knowing in a... Um, like a concentrated time that you are all going out on an assignment. And then to see what came of that was super powerful. So last Friday was, uh, was amazing. Tonight we're going to be doing teaching. With that being said, the reason why I'm saying that is because I want to preface that m what Jason just said, I hope that I live up to his word that whatever is being released is going to be a real wrestling. And with that wrestling, what's going to come is the next Friday. Next Friday night at 6 o'clock is um, our family meeting. So we have an opportunity to then discuss what happened in our wrestling. So you don't just have tonight. You have tonight to grab a hold of the word. How many of you guys know that the point of BJJ or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the goal is submission? The goal is submission. And, 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 and there's a fight. <laughs> there, there's a fight to get, to get to that goal. And so there may be that wrestling. And if that happens, like Jason said, then we have next Friday at 6 o'clock where we come together and we're going to do food, right? So we still do dinner. Do we have a theme? No? It's just potluck? Is it by name? Yes. 
we're going to be on the lookout for, for what we bring. Just bring a lot of food. So we're going to have food. We're going to fellowship together. How many of you guys know the early church? That's what they did. It, there was all of that. There was food. There was fellowship. There was communion, meaning we eat. We eat of him. When it says the word became flesh, that we eat. He said, eat me. Didn't Jesus pretty much pre- preach that? And a lot of disciples left because that was super offensive to basically say, here's my body, now eat me. And so there's an, there's an opportunity for us to have fellowship together. And then we're going to wrestle and we're going to have a discussion of family time of what came from tonight. We have an opportunity to discuss. Make sense? Jalen, you're, you're what? Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um. Do you guys all right if I just kind of flow with it? Okay. Because I really don't know. I mean, I know the heart of the Father. I know what it is that he's wanting to release. I know that we're going to go into what this is all talking about. Tonight, we are going to be presenting the fourth pillar of the building, which I'll get into if you don't know necessarily what I'm talking about. We are going to basically be releasing a huge shift. I believe that this pillar is going to probably be as strong as blood versus blood. So... (laughs) Um, yes so I know that the heart of the father is to release something but the how what where when and why I'm not quite sure how that's all going to come about so you guys are just going to flow with me okay you guys are all right to jump in the river okay all right so let's do a review because um we don't want to move forward in this and then forget that this is not progressional is that a word no Yes? Progressional? Uh, it's a word now. It, <laughs> for tonight, <laughs> we don't want to act like, oh man, that was a revelation that actually came in my dream. Hmm. So, weird. So, okay. When, when he says that you move from glory to glory, it doesn't mean you move from glory to glory and then you basically get rid of the path, you get rid of all of that. It's precept upon precept. You couldn't move to the next glory without the glory that you were in before. So it's kind of a, a accumulation of all of it. It's almost like the more you go forward, the more you're going to go back to the origin. And it happens all at the same time. So the more you're going this way, the more you're going backward. So there's that Hebrew cyclical mindset. And I always want to present that because I need you guys to understand as much as we've talked about this, I will always talk about it because it is one of the biggest things that has set me free is being able to recognize the Hebrew mindset versus the Greek mindset. And a Hebrew mindset is cyclical. Greek mindset, and especially American culture, is Western culture is very compartmentalized. It's very black and white. It's two plus two is four. In Hebrew, two plus two is not just four. There's more meanings to all of that. All of that. So when we start to begin to think in a mindset, it helps us be able to understand some of the concepts of the kingdom, which is the uncreated realm versus the realm that's in the natural. Right? When we walk in the natural, we think things are as if they are when there is so many other realms out there. And so it begins to, we're able to activate ourselves in a different way when you come up, when you have that different mindset. Okay? So let's do a review. So the first pillar was, it was blood versus blood, right? Okay. I'll just write it in here. And you guys can shoot out. What's the next one? It's the one you guys have all been crying about. (laughs) (laughs) Ministry 
of recon. All right. That was good. Third, third one. Walk. In. Him. All right. Ministry of Reconciliation was reconciling the breaches. So without the, you can't have Ministry of Reconciliation if there's no breach. So it's acknowledging the breaches in our lives, in our families, in our communities. Large breaches are basically, there's a standard that is a complete separation between his standard and our standard, and the Ministry of Reconciliation bridges that gap, right? Blood versus blood was in him, his blood is sufficient, which means it's about his DNA and his bloodline, not mine. So when we say that we are a family or a kingdom family, we're really forerunning and walking out what that means to actually operate that being real on earth, not just amening it and then going home. Not just saying, yeah, we're family, that's my brother, that's my sister, and believing that Jesus' blood is sufficient, but having to reconcile what does blood versus blood mean when you begin to be activated when Jesus told his family, like you guys, saying, you're my family now, when he was talking about his natural born blood family. So again, the revelation from that is in the Old Testament. How many of you guys know the blood was super important? By your bloodline is what got you into the priesthood, period. Right? It's easy to say period in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, his blood says you get to be in the priesthood, period. But yet we'll walk in the New Testament with a bunch of conditions thinking that that's not sufficient. So it's really that revelation of being able to walk out blood versus blood in a powerful way. When you acknowledge blood versus blood, it pushes you right into the ministry of reconciliation, right? My DNA and his DNA, huge breach in the natural. Hypertension on earth, fully healed in heaven. There's a breach. I have access to that now. It's not when I die. It's now. So I have to reconcile that breach so I walk in a full healing on earth, right? Okay. Then... The, the next pillar came was walking in him, and the scripture was to walk on water. That Jesus was basically teaching his disciples, after you have followed me, there's a different way to walk than walking on earth the way that you have been walking. You guys remember the revelation about the Sea of Galilee and what that means, revolution, and the, the, everything that that meant with his public ministry, and then where he went after he walked on water was a, just basically a revival of healing happened. But there was, don't do that. <laughs> he's like but so, so does that make sense that there's a there's a higher way to walk there's a different way to walk that there there's a way to walk on water versus walking on land it's a different way of doing things it's a different way of thinking okay so those are the pillars let me explain why we're going over pillars so up until this point the focus of who he is has been based on salvation right it's been based on rescue. It's been based on, do we believe that he's real? That he would save me from a condition. He would pull me from a, a land of slavery, right? He would, he would take me out of religion and into freedom. He would introduce himself to me that he is real, right? We've all woken up that there's this reality of who he is. And when that happens, we basically this entire time have been operating in an, under, an underground dimension of just the foundation that he's real and that he will give salvation, right? You guys okay? 
Okay. What he's showing us is, is while we were like, yes, we are, you know, dead to sin and alive in him, we thought, amen, kind of like done deal. Salvation is great. The cross is awesome, right? But then he said, that was just an introduction to me. Now it gets fun or now it gets real, okay? So we're moving from this and that has all been underground because the work needs to be real in you. You can't build on anything if you don't know that he's the foundation, that he did rescue you, right? You can't build if you don't know that you've been saved. You, does that make sense? You can't move forward. It's exactly what Jason just said. You can't train and then do, how did you say that? There's a purpose. The other thing afterwards. Yeah, you can't train and then do nothing with it. So it's like we've been training this whole time just to recognize that he's so good, that the Father is good, that he would uh, rescue and redeem my soul, right? But for what? Mo most of the body, and this isn't, this isn't local, guys. This isn't, yeah, this is not just Flagstaff, Facebook. This is, this is not, this is not local. This is the condition of the body of Christ that says, I'm going to come in once a week and I'm going to say, I need you to do something for me so I could just get through the week and then we just start the cycle over again and I hope that I believe that he's good enough to keep me from my problems, right? I'm doing awesome, not doing awesome. Please do an altar call. Pray for me. Not doing awesome, now I'm doing awesome. Altar call, please pray for me, right? The condition of the body of Christ is basically hospital-based, very much uh, heal me, I need something. It's consumer-based. It's, uh, well, what makes me feel better? I mean, you guys, I'm serious. It is, it is normal for me to be out in the region and talk to somebody who's a Christian and have more conversations about which place has better worship than whether or not Jesus is authentically replicated. There are more smoke and lights that go on than an authentic move of who he is that, crea that creates you to be transformational from the inside out, not from the outside in, right? A concert, outside in, right? On your face, cleansed, reconciled, like working this out, transformational on the inside. Now the transformation has happened that it's real and he's saying, now what are you gonna do with it? Because if there, because from this should create vision and faith to go and move, not just come to be filled up, to then just be depleted, to then be filled up, to then be depleted, to be filled up, to be depleted, to, to crisis, to crisis, okay? So that's where we've been, and now he's saying, I have, um, I guess the best way to say it is trusted you to be able to move to a place to carry the honor of building some principles of the kingdom and walk it out on an authentic daily basis. That means workplace, home, that means in the bathroom, all the way to schools, to, I mean, this is, this is, this is the epitome of being able to walk out not compartmentalizing who he is, okay? We've talked about all this. None of this is new, right? None of this sounds new. We've talked about consumerism. We've talked about all this. We've, we've talked about it, but now he's saying it's time to walk in it, okay? We're good so far? You guys okay? So up until this point, it's been rescue, and I'm gonna define that a little bit because I wanna make sure we understand. A lot of times when I say crisis or crisis, half of you will be like, nah, that ain't me. 
We haven't been founded on crisis. Because you'll immediately, well, I'll just go there now. We'll immediately describe the things that we go through. Well, that's not a crisis. Crisis, trauma. I could say it another way. We've been, we have, we have been in relationship based on need. Different, different, different way of saying it. Crisis to crisis or selfish to selfish. Crisis to crisis or need to need. Okay, no maintenance in between. Just need, nothing, need, nothing, need, nothing. And all of a sudden, you've, your relationships are like this versus that steady, and I don't even want to say steady. When we begin to operate in this, it's going to be like this. More and more. This is the glory upon glory. How can you get glory upon glory if you're like this? <laughs> right? And a lot of us will be like, oh, no, I don't, I don't have crisis. I, I'm, not, I'm not operating in trauma and then no trauma, trauma, then no trauma. It could just be like self him, self, him, or himself, himself, right? I'm all about him, I'll serve. Nope, totally about me. I'm all about him, I'll pour out. Nope, totally about me, right? Uh, I, I totally want to pour out all over this region, but I need healing, okay? And, and it doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that we don't still need healing, right? That doesn't mean that, but it's being able to wrap our minds that it's to be used to, to, to move us forward into some things, Okay? I do want to define crisis to get a little bit more uh, detailed because I thought that this was interesting. The definition of crisis, a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. Okay? How many of you guys know that you endure danger, intense difficulty, when there's been major breaches because no maintenance was done and the standard was not given or walked out in a given arena and then you smash up against it, and all of a sudden you're like, bam, bam, crisis. Right? Oh, do you have a question? Or you're saying yes, amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> we need some hats. <laughs> right? And that doesn't necessarily mean in you. That could mean you're walking around in your workplace, and all of a sudden you smash up against a huge breach within the policies or something like that, and all of a sudden you've got this huge turmoil in, in your life because you're butting up against principalities in the region, in your regions, that are ruling and reigning to make it so that you are not operating. You can be operating as far away as possible from the uncreated realm. The enemy wants to keep you as earthbound as possible. And so the more that you start to recognize that you belong up here, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, major breach. I've been walking this earth for a long time and all of a sudden I have a different perspective. That's a big breach, right? Crisis. So here's the thing. The more you walk in him, the more the up and down. It doesn't mean the breaches go away. It doesn't mean that the crises go away. It just means that the way that we're going to walk is going to walk a little bit more steady instead of, Whoa, that was really surprising. I had no idea that was there. Okay? So another definition of crisis is a time when a difficult or important decision must be made. A turning point. So while most of us may say, oh, well, I don't have a whole lot of crisis, how many of us have said, I am at a point in my life where I've got two directions? I've gotten so, I've gotten down this, I don't know what happened, I don't know where I, remember when we talked about the uh, trajectory? And the focal point, if you're just at a, what do you call that? Well, cornerstone. Well, yes, crossroads. But like in a building, the cornerstone, if you're just set off totally, let's just say a centimeter. I don't know if those, these are the right thing. But if you're just off by a centimeter, in that moment, you're going to think it's just a centimeter. That movie that you shouldn't watch, just a centimeter. 
Okay, the road rage that you had, j- just a centimeter. The, the cheeseburger that you, God said not to eat, just a centimeter. I deserve it just one time. <laughs> Sorry. Right? I mean, all the way down to the big things. Pornography. Oh, I feel like a failure today. I need that computer screen. Just a centimeter. In the beginning. Okay? Right? Um, you guys can give me other examples. Because I, I want to make this real, right? But just it's just a centimeter. And all of a sudden, you're walking down a line, and you get out a month out, and what happens when you're just walking out a centimeter? All of a sudden, a month from now, you're like, you are way over there, and there's this huge breach. What do I do with my life? I'm at a crossroads. Right? So it's that, it's that constant. It's that constant. What we're getting at and what's going to happen, what he's going to do with these principles is he's going to begin to, for us to recognize the centimeter before you even got to the cornerstone. I hope that was prophetic. You're, you're at the cornerstone and you're going to recognize before you've even stepped in the first centimeter to recognize how plumb line you need to be because you're going to recognize, remember what the cornerstone was, that was that, it was that humility. It was him bent, a bent knee. It's being in him from the moment you start so that you never left in him so that you're never walking in those breaches. Okay? Are you guys good? So crisis can mean walking in a, in a place of decision. I want us to be a company of people that makes our place of decision when it's only a centimeter. I want it to be that big of a decision when it's only a centimeter. I don't, wanna ha- I don't want us to have to get to a place where we've got to make these big decisions and we're all the way out here. Let's figure it out right here. Because then we're going to be in unity and we're going to be able to dwell along that trajectory together instead of separating and then coming together. Separating and then coming together, Right? Okay. Does that make sense? Rescue, salvation, need-based, crisis to crisis. Okay. All right. So now we are in the building. Anyways. And these are the pillars. (laughs) Tonight's pillar is this. Did, did I need a drum roll for that? Knowing. <laughs> that was the most enthusiastic amen I've ever had. He walks out, squints, oh. <laughs> and maybe the name of it's going to change. For right now, the word that I have is knowing. So we're going to dive into it. And I'm, I, I think I am going to go there. Song of Solomon. Okay, I want to dive in to, I didn't know if I was going to do this or not. Who said go there? Thank you, Sally. Um, I want to dive into Song of Solomon. Um, You guys know from a teaching from a long time ago, and I'll just kind of release it a little bit, that the Hebrew word for no is actually the the Jewish word. It's It's a Hebrew word for intercourse. Okay. So when you read in Genesis, when it says Adam knew Eve, right, they bore a son. Did any of you read that in English and go, what does that mean? He knew him. He, he knew her. I was trying, I was saying him. That was a capital H. (laughs) 
So he knew her and bore a son, yada, knowing. There's a deep level of the Hebrew word of what to know means that births something. What comes out of knowing births something, okay? Now, Adam knew Eve just like Christ knows the church, okay? So Christ knows the church to birth something, (laughs) right? Not just to know each other, to know each other. You're not supposed to know of him. I don't know of him, okay? I don't know about him, it's the, the word is weird because we in English see it as know. But when a Hebrew says, I know him, it means like, I am in you. I, if you get me, you get him. And if you get him, you get me. I am in him and, and he is in me. Okay. So there's a real intimacy to, to knowing. Why are you laughing? So I want to get into Song of Solomon. Is that okay? Okay. I really hope that this is going to make sense. I think I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to kind of go down a couple of things for us to just set the tone of what I'm talking about in this next season of the press or the wrestling that's going to come. Okay. Why are you smiling at me? Am I, am I making sense? I know you guys don't like when I say it. That was a legitimate question. Am I? Okay. Okay. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. So if you have your word with you, it probably isn't going to make sense, but I want to read it from the Passion Translation because I want you guys to hear some, some of uh, what's going on. Okay, so this is the bridegroom king, Okay. In the word, we're just going to say that this, not we're going to say, but this is a, a prototype of who he is. So this is Jesus, okay? I have gathered, I, I'm in chapter five. I'm at the beginning. I'm just going to read the whole thing of chapter five. Song of Solomon's the whole chapter, okay? I have gathered from your heart my equal, my bride. I have gathered from my garden all my sacred spices, even my myrrh. I have tasted and enjoyed my wine within you. I have tasted with pleasure my pure milk, my honeycomb, which you yield to me. I delight in gathering my sacred spice, all the fruits of my life I have gathered from within you, my paradise garden. Come, all my friends, feast upon my bride, all you revelers of my palace. Feast on her, my lovers. Drink and drink and drink again until you can take no more. Drink the wine of her love. Take all you desire, you priests. My life within her will become your feast. Okay. This is you responding, okay? After this, I let my devotion slumber, but my heart for him stayed awake. I'm going to read that again. After this, I let my devotion slumber, but my heart for him stayed awake. I had a dream. I dreamed of my beloved. He was coming to me in the darkness of night. The melody of the man I love awakened me. I heard his knock at my heart's door as he pleaded with me. Now this is Jesus. Arise, my love. Open your heart, my darling, deeper still to me. Catch this. Open your heart, my darling. Remember, you're awake. Your devotion slumbered, but your heart has been awake. 
Open your heart, my darling, deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There is no one else but you, my friend, my equal. I need you this night to arise, come, and be with me. You are my pure, loyal dove, a perfect partner for me. My flawless one, will you arise? For my heaviness and tears are more... Um, for my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I have spent myself for you throughout the dark night. Now, this is you, the sleeping bride. I have already laid aside my own garments for you. How could I take them up again since I've yielded my righteousness to yours? You have cleansed my life and taken me so far. Isn't that enough? My beloved reached unto me to unlock my heart. The core of my very being trembled at his touch. How my soul melted when he spoke to me. My spirit arose to open for more of his touch. As I surrendered to him, I began to sense his fragrance, the fragrance of his suffering love. It was the sense of myrrh flowing all through me. I opened my soul to my beloved, but suddenly he was gone. And my heart was torn out in longing for him. I sought his presence, his fragrance, but could not find him anywhere. I called out for him, he, yet he did not answer me. I will arise and search for him until I find him. As I walked throughout the city in search of him, the overseers stopped me as they made their rounds. They beat me and bruised me until I could take no more. They wounded me deeply and removed their covering from me. Nevertheless, make me this promise, you brides-to-be. If you find my beloved, please tell him I endure all travails for him. I've been pierced through by love and I will not be turned aside. These are the Jerusalem uh, maidens, brides to be. What love is this? Can you imagine the region? What love is this? How could you continue to care so deeply for him? Isn't there another who could steal away your heart? We see your beauty more beautiful than, than all the others. What makes your beloved better than any other? What is it about him that makes you ask us to promise you this? This is you, the bride. Now, her faith is beginning to arise and starts to remember who he is, okay? He alone is my beloved. He shines in dazzling splendor, yet it's still so approachable, yet is still so approachable, without equal as he stands above all others, outstanding above ten thousands. The way he leads me is divine. His leadership, so pure and dignified, as he wears his crown of gold. Upon this crown are letters of black written on a, on a background of glory. He sees everything with pure understanding. How beautiful his insights without distortion. His eyes rest upon the fullness of the river of revelation, flowing so clean and pure. Looking at his gentle face, I see such fullness of emotion, like a lovely garden where fragrant spices grow. What a man. No one speaks words so anointed as this one, words that both pierce and heal, words like lilies dripping with myrrh. See how his hands hold unlimited power, but he never uses it in anger, for he is always holy, displaying his glory. His innermost place is a work of art, so beautiful and bright. How magnificent and noble is this one, covered in majesty. He, he, he's steadfast in all he does. His ways are the ways of righteousness based on truth and holiness. None can rival him, but all will be amazed by him. Most sweet are his kisses, even his whispers of love. He is delightful in every way and perfect from every viewpoint. If you ask me why I love him so, oh, brides-to-be, it's because there is none like him to me. Everything about him fills me with holy desire, and now he is my beloved, my friend forever. Amen? Did you guys catch the progression of him knocking 
And she basically stops and says, I've already, I've already surrendered to you. You've gotten me this far. Isn't that enough? And then, and then she falls into a dream, which is an absolute nightmare. She begins to stumble and say, okay, now I do want you. I can smell your fragrance. He starts to unlock her heart. She goes and reaches for him, and then all of a sudden, he's gone. Absolute nightmare. Gets beatily brutal, beetle, beat, beat, brutally beaten. <laughs> he gets brutally beaten. Uh, beatily brutal. Um, and, and, then, and then when the region begins to say, why, what is, what is with this? She begins to remember who he is and starts to, and starts to, starts to talk about a real intimacy between them is far beyond what she said. Isn't that enough? You've gotten me this far. So I want us to keep that in the back of our head about what we're moving into because it's a very intimate place. If we're going to say that this pillar is knowing, it's extremely intimate. It doesn't mean that you just know about him. It doesn't mean that you know of him. It means you know him. You know the fragrance. You know the healing. You know his, his viewpoint is not distorted. You know the way he smells. You know the way he talks. You know who you are in him. How much of that was your garden is going to give me something? I'm trying to think if I want to get into that. Yes. When this happens, we will talk a lot about knowing him, but what happens once you know him? I am in him and he is in me. The more there's that knowing, the more he's basically saying the garden I created is my feast. Right? If we've been thinking up to this point, what does he need of me? He doesn't need my love, my worship, my prayer. He's all-knowing. He's powerful. He's God up there. He doesn't need anything from me. What if that is not true at all? Right? If, if down here is just rescue, then we think that our worth is only based on rescue. I'm only as good as my mess that you got me out of. But when you begin to know him... You begin to flourish in a living garden that he gets to enjoy. He created us for a purpose. Was the purpose just so that he could like watch a mess and then save us from the mess? What was the original, what was the original purpose? Yes. What did that look like? Yeah. Walking in the cool of the day with his presence all the time, no hindrance, nakedness, just complete one. I mean, he was created by him. There was no, there, there, there was, there was no, there was no such thing as a breach. He was him. He, they, right? So, so if you're going to go forward, this is what I mean. We're going to go forward in some foundational principles of knowing to go back to the original intent. Because the original intent wasn't just to like make a mess so he could save you out of that mess. He, he created you so that he could adore you. He created you so he could, he, he, wanted, to, he, wanted, to have a, he wanted to have a relationship. You know, he, he didn't want to, Song of Solomon is not just, well, you are, you have dark skin and you have been out in the, you know, you've been out in the sun and you're just, 
you've been working and uh, you're far better than all the others. I guess I'll marry you so that you can have, you know, a good life. That is not that story, but how many of us live like that? I saw a quote the other day that said, can the church stop praying like a widow and start praying like a bride? Right? I mean, how much of us that we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we read Song of Solomon, we're like, amen, but then we don't walk in that kind of adoration or that kind of knowing because we just, we stop at salvation or we stop at, you know, I'm as worth, I'm as, I'm as, I'm as much worth as the mess that he saved me from and that's about it. But once he does that, there's a purpose. But in order to, to activate that purpose and activate our garden, we have to be able to have him blow on us and, and know, know him. Amen? Okay. You guys still okay? All right. So that, do you guys remember at the turn of the new year, the Hebrew year, when I said, I think you guys need to read Song of Solomon? Do you guys remember that? You did? So I find it in, you did? Huh? Did you read it? Oh my gosh. Half of you say yes, and then a quarter of you are like, no. No. I would, I would really dive into Song of Solomon. I find it interesting that this revelation is chapter five. We're in the five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're in the fifth month. We're in the fifth month of that, of that directive. Found that interesting. Okay. All right. So I don't really know necessarily where this is going to go, but I want that to be the backdrop to this, okay? Because this, you guys remember that if we're building a structure, when I, this is a horrible drawing, but these pillars are only the foundational pillars for the rest of the structure. If the, bride, the brides-to-be, the region, wants to know who is this lover, they're going to eventually come and live in this structure, and there's going to be a second floor. This has to be strong. Okay? I mean, that's the vision that we have. I have no idea how many pillars there's going to be. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but this is the vision that he's given us as we begin to walk this out. Amen? All right. I want you guys to go to 1 John. Like I said, we're going to just be reading a lot of scripture. And I'm in chapter 2. Did you have anything before I move on to that? You're just going to look pretty? I think, I think he looks pretty. <laughs> All right, 1 John chapter 2. Now catch this. This is, this is the revelation of how knowing came. Okay, because the last one was walking in him. Right, and we've, we've actually said it to you guys a couple times. We're gonna get into the law of righteousness. You guys hear us saying that? And we are. One of the pillars is the law of righteousness. And the Lord dead stopped me and said, ooh, we're not there yet. We're not, we're not there at the law of righteousness, and we're going to understand because you are not going to be able to walk in him unless you know him. And this is the scripture he pointed me to, and I didn't realize that these two were connected, which is why we're going down this road. So I'm going to read this. 1 John chapter 2, I'm in ESV version. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him. Are you guys reading that a little bit different? Now, let me, let me just tell you guys this in the New Testament, okay? because this gets confusing. You guys know Old Testament's Hebrew, New Testament's Greek, right? Did you guys know that? 
So what you have to do is the New Testament's Greek. It's a Greek language, but you have to read it with a Hebrew mindset. This is the epitome of my first great awakening, right? Because I could not read the New Testament under law. I want to repeat that again. I could not read the New Testament for years when I was bound up in religion. When he freed me from religion, and all that means is I was on my face one day, and I started rolling around on the floor laughing, and I broke a lot of rules, and I had a lot of joy. That's when he broke religion. It was that quick. It wasn't that hard. It was just, I thought I had to be proper, sit there and be quiet and fold my hands. And all of a sudden I fell on the ground, rolling around, laughing hysterically and snorting. And my joy came back and I realized God was good. That's all that was. Now, I had to see that joy through the lens of Jesus, not through the law. Because even though it broke in my life, I had to walk out the patterns of restriction I had to walk out the patterns of hopelessness. I had to walk out the patterns of anxiety. I still had to walk that out, but I had to do it through the filter of Jesus, and I could not do it by reading the New Testament because it's Greek, which I know sounds crazy. Most people are like, I can't read the Old Testament. It's just horrible. The Old Testament's beautiful. The New Testament's horrible. If you're bound up in the law, right? All you got to do is read Timothy. Oh, my word. I mean, I've told you guys this. The gospel's worse. Um... Harder, that probably sounds horrible. Do not ever cut the comments that I make and make a quote out of it, okay? Just don't stop there, pause, the, just keep listening. <laughs> I promise, I'm not crazy. So, so what I mean by it's worse is in the law, you could not commit adultery, right? Jesus says if you look at someone else, you've committed adultery. He basically made it worse, he made it harder. Why? Because he wanted you to know you cannot do this without me. Right? There's, he did not demolish the 600 and some Jewish laws. He did, not, he did not get rid of those. He fulfilled them. If he fulfilled them, that means the law is still in my nature, but I have to see it through him, not just by the law. But it doesn't mean it's all grace and there's just no more law and no more rules. It's actually way different. I don't know how many times we've been accused of Disneyland Christianity and all grace. I'm like, no, it's horrible over here. <laughs> there's nothing about this that's Disneyland <laughs> right but, but, but I see it through him so I have joy and all of a sudden just because I have joy I'm in Disneyland no it's actually horrible but I can be crushed with a smile on my face sometimes okay horrible so what was I talking about six flags I don't think I was that coming to know him yet. Oh, the Greek mindset. So the, the New Testament is Greek, right? But we want to we read that through him. And the reason why I was saying that is the New Testament was horrible. Because when you're bound up in religion, if you read the New Testament, it is just do this, do that, do this, do that. Tons of rules, tons of leadership. There's apostles, prophets, all this like structure. In the law, in religion, it's horrible. I could not read the New Testament for years after I was filled with laughter. The only thing I could do was read the red writing. That's all I had. I only had grace for Jesus. I, I'm like, I just need to know your nature because if I don't know your nature, I'm never gonna be able to read Corinthians. If I do not know your nature, Galatians is ruining me. Right? I mean, I don't know if you guys experienced that, but without the red writing first, Galatians will be completely taken out of context. And we're right back in the law, okay? 
So when I, what, the reason why I'm saying that is because when you see the word no, K-N-O-W, in the Greek, it's a different word. It's not yada. Okay? I want to, I mean, well, I don't necessarily need to read it to you. It's a different word. It's a Greek word, but the definition is exactly the same, and it's the Jewish word for intercourse. So I, I think that, I don't know if they have it, a um, Greek to Hebrew translation yet. I don't think that they have one, but it would be amazing if they had that. Because when you read the Greek, it would be awesome to get the equivalent of the Hebrew to find out what the context was and all of that stuff. They don't, ha they don't have that. At least when I study, it's really hard. So you really have to know the Hebrew. You have to know the Hebrew letters. And then you need to know the Hebrew definitions to understand when you read the word no in Greek that it's talking about the same thing. So it's the same when Adam knew Eve, something was birthed. This no is the exact same thing. It says that the world right? Let's, where am I at? All right. And by this, we know that kind of know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but wh whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Bam, revelation. Oh, we are never going to be able to walk on water if we don't know him. Abiding in him. Do you read that scripture? That same no is a very intimate no that by, by uh, obeying his commandments, it's, it's saying, can you know him beyond this? Obeying a commandment, I mean, it, what, we're, what we're shifting into, and I think it's been said a lot, but I want to repeat it, is that we're not going to know about him, right? We're not going to know of him, but we're going to know how he is, right? We're not going to know who, we're not going to just know who he is, but we're going to know how he is. And I remember years ago, I mean, early, 10 years ago, maybe, I don't know, really, really early on. Uh, one of our leaders said, the crazy thing about the two of you guys is that you guys know how he is. When you, when you walk in the how he is or how the kingdom operates, you're able to not compartmentalize. Now, no, no longer is it just about Friday night and then the rest of your life or Sunday morning and the rest of your life or when you're doing your Bible study and then the rest of your life or when I'm in him in the sense of I'm in my secret time and then all of a sudden I'm out of it. It means that when I'm doing the dishes, I'm in him. It means when I'm changing diapers, I'm in, I'm in him. If I'm preaching, I'm in him. If I'm a dental hygienist, I am in him. And honestly, it is a really, I don't want to say it's a difficult, but it's a very interesting lifestyle because you can't get away from him if I'm in him. Because if I know how he is, then I'm walking at every opportunity to be able to be in him. So it, for me, for the life, for, for example, if you're operating in, in certain gifts and you're prophetic and all of a sudden I'm a hygienist, it doesn't turn off, right? If I'm in the mouth and my job is to lower inflammation, out of the heart flows the issues of life. My job is so amazing. Out of the heart flows the issues of life, right? That's a scripture, okay? When I'm in the mouth, my job is to lower inflammation. So when I'm in the mouth, if there's inflammation, I can see into your heart by looking in your mouth. And it'll get crazy because if you're one of my patients and my hands are in your mouth, I can see your past, your present, and your future by being in your mouth. 
That's what happens when you're a hygienist. That, that, that's just one example. That's, you, don't ever leave, that you don't ever leave that lifestyle if you're walking in how he is, not just in who he is. Does that make sense? So I want to read the definition because the very last, uh, I'm in verse 6. So this is 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. I want to read the definition of walk because this is powerful. A lot of us think, oh, well, he ministered on, you know, walking on water. So it's like how I walk. Like, is this how Jesus walked? <laughs> Wait, I'm going to be, I think you're the closest thing to Jesus. So this is how Jesus walked. Is that how you walk? No? I mean, it's kind of like this. Oh, okay, hold on. It's like this. <laughs> you can imitate me. <laughs> but I mean, we'll, we'll take it literal, okay? I want to read the definition of walk. Do you guys remember when he ministered, seize every opportunity, apprehend? Remember that? Okay, here's the definition of walk, okay? Make, do, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read that right because it's a definition. Basically, make use of every opportunity. Make use of every opportunity. It actually is the Hebrew word to live. Okay? Be occupied. So now read that again. Whoever says he abides in him ought to be occupied in the same way in which he was occupied. Didn't Jesus say, I'm not going to do anything if I don't see my father doing it? He was completely apprehended by the love of his father. He was completely seized and said, I will not do anything if I don't see the father doing it. Completely occupied. This isn't just about how you walk. This is like, I want to be occupied by him. I want to, I want to be a dwelling place for him to be inside of so that something can be birthed, right? Uh, to make every opportunity. Now we're going back to that centimeter. Every opportunity to be completely occupied in him gets rid of that centimeter off, right? It's every opportunity, not waiting until, well, it's, it's just, it wasn't really an opportunity. And all of a sudden we're a month out and it's like, oh, I missed that opportunity, right? The Hebrew word to live, like walking in him is to live in him. It's the same word, live, be occupied by him, live in him. It means uh, to conduct one's life. It's, it's, it's how you conduct your life. That's the walk. It, it's, so we're going to read it again. Whoever says he abides in him ought to conduct his life in the same way. Are you guys just chewing or am I boring you? Remember, I want, I, want my, I want my garden to be your feast. <laughs> feast. <laughs> or wrestle, whatever you got to do. <laughs> okay. Um, woo. Conduct. It's not walking. Oh, I'm going to walk like him. That you would abide in him. That you would conduct your life like him. That just gets rid of the when you do it. That's just all the time, right? Okay. Are you guys good with that? Okay. So I want to give you guys two scriptures. Oh, we're doing pretty good. Are you guys not overwhelmed? You guys are okay? Okay. 
I'm going to I'm actually just going to write all these scriptures down. I just want to present these last two scriptures and then I think I think that we're I think that we're going to be done. I'll just present these two scriptures to you. We'll talk a little bit about it and then we'll be all set. Does it sound good? Okay. Let me write all these down first. Can you guys see that one? No. And remember in the family meetings, remember when we flipped it and we asked questions? So remember, so what's going to be the scripture now aside from the one walking with Peter? Now we've got 1 John 2, right? And then also for knowing, we've got 1 John, 1 John 2, and then there's going to be some more. Song of Solomon's more of just kind of a backdrop of how we're going to move from rescue to knowing. We're going to move from I need you to what is my garden giving you, right? Totally different. It, I need you, and he's like, uh, I, I've given you everything, and now we get to be that. Like everything's shifting to now it's what, do, what is it that he's given us to now present back to him. Okay, now here's the cool thing. Once it's presented back to him, what do you think he, do, he does with it? <laughs> Hebrew mindset, right? But a Greek mindset says, gimme. Now get out of here. Give me. Now get out of here. Give me. Now when I say get out of here, I'm talking about maintenance. Give me. Now it's time to maintain. Nah, I don't want to maintain like that. Okay? Give me. Okay, but you, do you want to know how to maintain? No. Okay, okay, yes I do. Okay, give me. And then he does every time. Every time, right? And the prodigal son's a perfect example, Right? Many people will think in, in today's world that the father should have just ran out the door and went like and, and ate with the pigs with him. He didn't. But as soon as he came back, it was immediate, immediate response. Okay? So, but, but what's changing here is that the identity of the son stayed. So, so like in, in that, in Song of Solomon, if you're looking at it from the way that she was talking, he basically pursued but she didn't respond right away. So there's going to, there's, I'm just going to write this. There's an aspect to this knowing that is going to be about response. So I just, I just want you guys to kind of re- wrestle with that. Because when you read Song of Solomon, it has a lot to do with her response. Her first response is, haven't what you've done is enough. There was, it was fear driven to go to that next level. Right? And then she couldn't find him. That was a nightmare. But keep reading. You, you, it, it doesn't end that way, but, but that's the cycle that will happen. Take, right? Then we make a decision of no response that accuses him of leaving. But in reality, I just took and didn't pursue to know or how. So all of a sudden, now I'm left with nothing. Now I'm accusing my lover of not being there. And then I'm saying I'm being brutally beaten. Okay? But then all of a sudden her heart starts to turn and starts to remember, no, you are good. You are good. You are good. And then you can go into chapter 6. Okay? So there's an, there's an aspect of what's happening here where he's beginning to teach us that we're not going to live anymore of take, then he's gone, and then all of a sudden he's saying, like, I want to teach you how to maintain so you don't ever have to take in that way. And we say, nah, I don't want to maintain. And, and just to make this real, this could be... Um, Give me an example of maintenance of what you don't want to maintain. Vehicle. 
paperwork. Ew. <laughs> so, okay, vehicle. <laughs> Don't touch the paperwork yet. You already touched my cheese. All right. So a vehicle, right? It, it, you're, you're, you don't want, I would assume, right, the mechanics in here, you wouldn't want us to just not maintain our vehicle and then be here. Can you take care of it? Can you take care of this? Then you take care of it and then you give it back and then you even give the tools of this is what I need you to do so you don't come back here and you're like, <laughs> yeah, and then don't do it again and then here, Okay, and then you, right? There's that versus being able to, could you imagine if I was submitted? Could you imagine if I was submitted, because somebody might actually know more than me, because they've lived a lifestyle of maintenance of knowing a vehicle more than I have, and that's okay. So they know something I don't. So then I submit to that aspect of the Father. They teach me how to do it. Now I catapult off their anointing. I begin to do stuff and more and then be able to present it into a different situation. Then all of a sudden we start talking about calibers. Did I get it right? Neon green calibers. Brake calibers that can be glittery. Now I'm talking about cool calibers so when I drive in the region, people know establishes here versus before it was like, oh, when do I need to get an oil change? I still got my, still, I still got my sticker, but I'm just saying. So does that, does that make sense? How you can catapult off submitting to it and then you start to, you move to another level of glory versus just, uh, uh, now it's 10 years old and I guess I'll sell it and, or whatever, right? There's a different way of operating where you can increase something in value because you've submitted to something and you've synergized because if I submit to something, it doesn't mean that they just tell me what I'm gonna do. I gotta synergize and we get to, we get to dream. We get to make it better than it was. We get to start putting things that make it go like this. <laughs> or sound, or, I mean, come on, this is good revelation. All of a sudden, established has a sound. I'm on that. Right? I mean, your vehicle is your ministry. It's your life. It's how you conduct your life. All right, I'm going to stop. We're all going to be evaluating each other's cars. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> you haven't been dreaming lately. <laughs> We're still on the oil change function. Oh, Jacob. I just, because I just, didn't you have a big old issue with, oh, sorry. You gave me a look, and so I was like, oh, but that's, the, Jacob is exempt. That's not what I meant. Because something happened with your car. It blew up. Oh. See? So now it's fixed, and now we get to drive and move into dreaming. <laughs> you gave me a look. I, I read you wrong. <laughs> All right. Here's the two scriptures. Nope. John, John. John's my buddy. I love John. Well, it's, never mind. 
It's not First John, but same. All right. Okay. Matthew seven twenty one through twenty five. I'm just gonna read them. I think I want to do. Let's do John seventeen first. Huh? Oh. I call him Matt. <sighs> Matt. All right, John 17. Man, I'm doing really good on time. You guys doing okay? Okay. 25. Oh, righteous Father. Now, this is the high priestly prayer. This is in red. Jesus is writing. Rena, Brewers. Stop. Okay. This is Jesus. It's in red writing. And he's praying. Okay? And he's praying in front of his disciples. And he's praying to the Father. So you have, you have to catch kind of this, this whole thing and, 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 and what's going on. But he's, he's basically uh, praying to the Father. And it's in front of the disciples. It says, Oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. Okay, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may, in, may be in them, and I in them. So what he's saying is, is up until this point, he is praying and saying, look, all they know up to this point is that I was sent. But the goal is that they would know the love that is in me, that we may be in one another. There's a different knowing there, okay? So the, the, the point of this scripture to really just wrestle with is that, that priestly prayer of our elder brother to his father, the point of who he is, that up to that point, meaning there's a difference. You can know that he was sent to this world and never access the end of that prayer that says, I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I am in them. He is love. He is the word. The goal is that he would reside in you, but you can stop short and count and, and, and just know that he was sent. He was sent. He's in me. He was sent for me. He's in me. There's a difference there, okay? So that's all that this is, that there is a difference in that, and that's what the knowing is getting to. And knowing, uh, knowing an action versus knowing a person is two totally different things, okay? You guys are all right? Okay, let's go to Matthew. Matthew 7. And I am going to leave you with this one in hopes that you will wrestle so that we can have a family discussion next Friday. <laughs> you ready? Okay, well, I'll give you guys a break. I know, you look like you're scared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, I will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does that will, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? 
And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me your works, your, uh, you workers of lawlessness. So now he's attaching this word, this no, is the same word I've been talking about. This isn't just, I know you. We can read through that so easy and be like, but I, I'm not just prophesying in your name. I know you. But do you know in the sense of intercourse, in the sense of that deep intimacy, going back to Sol- Song of Solomon, where you are not in a position where he comes knocking on the door and trying to unlock you. And you're like, but wait, give me a couple more days right? I'm not seizing every opportunity. I'm not conducting my lifestyle at every opportunity. I'm not walking in him. If that's not happening, you can basically read that completely different. And if you're not walking in that, you workers of lawlessness, what did I just talk about with the law, right? We want the law filtered through him, right? We don't want to be lawless and rebellious, and this is, talking, this is what he's talking about. I never knew you. That's why you can have so many people doing all of these exploits for him and yet never, they, they can, oh man, how do I, they can, uh, I, 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 sometimes when I'm preaching, I wish that there was like background songs, like whatever's playing in my head, like that would be a really good, like right there. I got a good example so, of so what you're wait, talking about. So wait, just real quick. It, uh, Kanye West, in one of his songs, he says the church is doing this, this, and this, and they haven't read through all of Ephesians. Every single time that song comes on, I'm like, oh, yes. It's like we read halfway through Ephesians and we're like, and we don't read the end of the story or we don't know the fullness of it. That's, that's, what, this, that's what this is talking about. It's, there's so many people that have exploits and they understand the fivefold and there's all this stuff. Have you been intimate? This is gonna be hard, okay? This is gonna be really, really hard. And I know Papa Ken says this all the time, that if I have to deal with being a son, you men can deal with being a bride. Okay, is that okay? So you can have all these exploits and that's easy, but rest in him and get to that intimate place where you know him as a lover, it will transform and changes moving forward and building. And that is, that is harder, I am saying, that is harder than the knowledge of or the action of. Let me say it this way. For the sake of Friday night for the next five minutes, it is easy for me to be like, give me your hand. We're so cute. (laughs) Right? That is easy. Come on. When you're in the middle of a service, it is easy to be like, on we're not the only hypocrites right (laughs) that's easy this in its intimate place oneness and knowing one another is freaking hard it is it is the worst thing in my whole life and it's the and it's the and it's but it's but but um it came out wrong it did come out wrong (laughs) Because you didn't let me finish the story. 
Sorry, read to the end of Ephesians. <laughs> but like the worst thing is the best thing. I, I teach my sons and, and, and my daughters all the time. This, that, Jalen, all that. Yeah, all that in the office where you were like, look at all, all that is worth a fight. And it will, and if you can steward and wield that sword, sons, if you can steward and wield that sword, you are going to be able to absolutely just relish in extreme victory in the midst of oneness. Okay? So, so there's a, meaning the greatest battle, I'm just, I'm, I just happen to be talking about intercourse. Are you guys okay with this? The greatest battle is going to be abstinence. The greatest battle is going to be sexual purity. That is going to be the greatest battle. Why? Because it is the greatest place of pleasure. And we are not teaching our sons and daughters that. We're just saying, knock it off, don't do that, put that away, and then all of a sudden walk them down the aisle and be like, have fun. I don't know if you guys were trained in that. I wasn't. I was just told, no. Now get married, and all of a sudden it's supposed to just be unlocked. Now all of a sudden you can see why Jesus would be like trying to unlock me, and I'm like, I already took my garments off. What more do you want? Come on, make this real. I already, isn't this enough? And he's like, "Mm mm-mm. Well, I wasn't taught how to unlock myself for him to enjoy the feast. But, 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 I'm, oh my God, I have goosebumps everywhere. But, but, if we can raise ourselves in him and the next generation to understand this, right? So my point in saying that this is the worst thing in my life is that it's the best thing in my life because the greatest battle is the greatest victory. If there's no battle, who cares, right? If there's no training, what's it for? If things just come on a silver platter, you're literally just going to be an entitled brat. And he does not raise entitled brats. Okay? I go. Did that make sense what I meant by it's the worst thing in my life? It's the best thing in my life. But there's also a greater degree of knowing. Okay? So when I say it's the best thing in my life, there is something about there is something about that devotion, right? Because we're turning from rescue to adoration. It's different. I need you. I adore you. Think about this with one another. I need you. I adore you. I need you. I honor you. I need you. I'm blessed by you. Totally different. I know for years in our marriage, it was whatever I need. That was you, not me. Right? And now it's totally different of what is it, what has he unlocked for the purpose? You are not going to unlock me if it's for your need. If you're only, only going to unlock me because you have a need, I'm out. I'm not saying I'm making that decision. That's just kingdom. Read Song of Solomon again. But if he, is, if he is adoring me and unlocking me, it unlocks me to who I am to freely give so then there is no need. 
There's no more need. But if we first start with need, it's going to end with need. If we start with give, you're going to end in give. It's just a constant, it's a constant cycle. And so there's this aspect of being able to be unlocked, to be able to, basically what I'm saying is, is as he unlocks me, it's for the purpose of me to be able to flourish, to only give right back into that environment. Okay? So it's not one-dimensional anymore is what I'm saying. It means it's not just so much we're not going to need from him, but we're going to give, but it's not just to give. It's so that then he can give back. And it's just that constant glory to glory to glory. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that we're, I don't think people are realizing <laughs> what's going to get stirred up with all this. Um. I don't know. Should I pray? What should, what I don't know. Doing? You said you had something, and then I totally just kept talking. Well, I was just going to say, when, when Yeshua says, you did all these things in my name, but you never knew me, mm-hmm. I can relate to that because when my wife goes on a date or she goes out of town or whatever, right, I go through my little checklist of I do all these things for her mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. when she gets back, I'm like, Aren't you excited? And she's like, you did all these things for me, but you didn't know me. Come on! That's good right there. That is a real thing. Men can relate to that. Or no, it's not just just men. It's anybody who has the gifts of acts of service. Right? I was just going to say I can relate to that. But one thing I did want to say was that as she was ministering, I was just realizing that Yeshua was constantly aware of his destiny and not only just his destiny, but the, the, the ordained time that his destiny was to be complete. And so when we talk about walking in Yeshua and seizing every opportunity, it's like Jason mentioned, you can, you can not prepare and get set back. And so I feel like we have to make this so real that you are, it's like she said, crisis, it's not a matter of if, but when. Nobody's excluded from crisis in their life. And so when you walk in him, walking in him causes crisis to to give you opportunity. And if you don't take those opportunities, you're going to get set back because you have an ordained destiny that's supposed to be complete at a certain time. And we can, all, we, we can be set back from that. And if we're not walking in him, if we're not seizing every opportunity in him in response to death and corruption, ultimately, that causes crisis, if we don't respond to him and seize every opportunity, we're not going to know him. Mm-hmm. Definitely not know how. It, it, is, it is every, our, our, I'll say Christian life, I'll just say Christian life, our born-again life has, before we were born again, do whatever you want, right? You're your own. You think you're your own, right? You do whatever you want. You have plans. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Then you get saved, and speaking for us, everything in our life has been a hard decision or the, or the narrow path. He said, no, you're not going to do that like you thought because you thought it was going to be fun. You're going to do this because I'm requiring you to do it. 
And none of it has been easy. And I just want everybody to know to, it's, it's like she said, it's not that crisis is bad. It's how you handle crisis. Yeah. Embrace crisis because when you seize the opportunity in him, you're going to know him because he's going to teach you how to know him in the crisis. Yeah. Not saying that you can't know him in the blessing, but usually you'll understand a greater blessing because you knew him in the crisis because you seized the opportunity. It was the worst thing in my life because I got to know you. We had crisis in our marriage, but because we seized the opportunity in him, now our marriage, we understand each other. We know each other more. So when people are going from crisis to crisis and they're spiritually broke, it's because they're not seeing crisis. They're not running in him. They're not walking in him to say, Christ, what is the opportunity you have for me in the midst of this crisis? Because I want to know you, right? I'm not trying to fix my circumstance. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to come to a resolution. If I have a crisis, I'm trying to know you, right? So and I just wanted to say that. Time, we're taught in a crisis is when you run from. Which is why a lot of us then have another crisis because we never got to know him in the midst of it. It's I want to isolate, right? What did Adam do? Cover myself, I'm going to hide. And he was like, why are you hiding? His first question, why, wh- what happened? That's why we could say he's not afraid of the mess. We just don't want to operate in the place of that he's not afraid of it so much so that he wants to make sure it never happens again or that it doesn't you know, separate you. Separate you. Fourth pillar. Yeah. So you guys ready for family meeting? So wrestle. I mean, I think that's. I'm just taking your word for it. You're like, I don't know what's going to stir, you know, but wrestle with this. Dive dive into this and really, really begin to begin to um, understand what's going to change. Right. Because pair this up with everything else. You start knowing him, you're probably going to start seeing some more breaches, which means you're going to have to operate, operate in the ministry of reconciliation, which is then going to go back to what's my bloodline, right? You're going to have to keep, you're going to have to, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to walk in him if I don't know him and vice versa. And so just begin to keep wrestling with this stuff, understanding that this isn't a great teaching, but that we do want to seize every opportunity. We want to walk out going from need to adoration. And then we'll do family meeting the next Friday. Go ahead. I would say yes, because I believe that maintaining would probably fall under walking in him, seizing every opportunity you're maintaining the whole time. While you're doing that, you're knowing more of him. So yes, these two I think are pretty connected. I mean, especially because if you're knowing him in the maintaining, then you're knowing him in the mundane. A lot of us, it's easy to run to him when it's a crisis or run away from when it's a crisis or when there's a blessing, we praise him, and then we're, you're in and out. But in the maintaining and in the mundane, in the laundry and in the diaper changes, in the, in the fights and in the ble- all of it, you, get, you begin to get to see all the perspectives of him in all of that. So yes. And we'll get into that maybe at the family meeting uh, next Friday. Well, what is maintenance? What does that look like for different people? Some people, I mean, I want to make this very practical. Some people will be like, what is secret time? Remember when we went through all that? People didn't even know that there was a a closet. Matthew says, get by yourself. Shut the door. Get 
shut the door behind you. This is how you pray. You know what I mean? And so a lot of people didn't even know that there was secret time. What is, you know, what does that look like? What does some of this maintenance look like then if it's not just about secret time, right? I'm going to take my secret time and now I'm going to walk that out. What does that look like to maintain him throughout the day? What does it look like to live a lifestyle where you're constantly operating in your gifts, constantly hearing him? I think that that'd be a great discussion. Does anybody else have any questions? Yes, it's not a progression. Sure. Yeah. Reconciling blood versus blood on a moment by moment basis. Yes. Yeah. What's up, JJ? I don't, that's what I don't know. What I heard in the spirit was 12, but it's taken us two months to do one. So maybe there's six. So I don't, I don't know. I heard 12. I heard divine government. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Because you have to remember, there's pillars for that first floor, but there's going to be another structure. Sure. So the question was, uh, are the four pillars a progression you're working through of those and progressing forward, or are we operating in the four pillars always? Like, we're always operating in those four, right now, the four pillars. Yes. And maintenance could be in, we would be main, main, maintaining in all four of the, the p- pillars. Yes. Yeah. So think of it this way. You've got, the, the foundation, which is underground, okay? This is that first floor. One way to think of it is this is the foundation then that we walk on. Like another analogy or another way to look at it is that these pillars are actually part of the floor, okay? And so what's happening is, is when we talk about maintenance, think of this as a house. So there's many rooms, there's many walls that are solidifying the structure of what we're building on. But at the end of the day, I have to maintain every area of the home. So I'm constantly going to be cleaning out every room within the home. So there's kind of a level of understanding that when you move out of rescue, foundationally, maintenance is a huge part of it because it's going to be how we clean, right? Because remember, the structure is seen. So this was all an inner working. Remember our vessels? Remember the honey? Cleaning out our vessels. It was was keeping that clean. But now we're building something for someone else. So if we build something for someone else, what do you do when you invite people over? You prepare an atmosphere. Preparing an atmosphere is the maintenance. Some of us before would invite people over and be like, oh my gosh, rescue. Right? But now we're going to live a lifestyle of whether it be minimalism or whatever the Lord's going to begin to, to, to teach us on how to maintain what is seen so that others can always remember the word of the, the word of the Lord about the door. As soon as the doors open, that people are going to come in. They could come in at any point. When you know, I'm not inviting you guys anymore. And it, we're starting to get there, and I love it. I'm not inviting you guys anymore. You just walk in. It's been scary. 
Because because of that mate. <laughs> well, yeah. So you walk in and it's like, I, I'm, you know. So anyways, there's an aspect to knowing where that maintenance is going to be on display. Can you expound a little bit on uh, in the maintaining where the reward or the victory would be in that? There is none. Reward-based would be here. Need. Yes. Now here, but here though, it doesn't feel like it because you're not living the lifestyle that you did before where it's up and down, where it's reward, bad, reward, bad. Now it's just constant reward. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm wanting but to. But it's, it's not going to feel like it because it's just a constant knowing him. So it's so going to. the knowing would be the intimacy, the pleasure. Yeah. That's the reward in every scenario in life where you're going through maintaining different things of life. Knowing him in every scenario is the reward. Yeah. It's changing. Reward before was rescue me, whereas now reward is give me you. And a lot of us don't want him. But when he comes, that's a reward. Go ahead. Why did we go into straight into knowing instead of like one of the other six or 12? Like, why was this next? Yeah. That's just what he said. But I agree, because remember when I said this isn't progressing, so as we go this way, sometimes it's going back to the original, because I'm thinking, you know, when the revelation is real to me, I'm like, knowing should be like, here, right? Or here, or, you know, trying to figure it out. But then it's like, but then again, blood versus blood is pretty foundational, right? If you don't even know what bloodline you're in, how can you know what you, how can you know him, right? So it kind of is, so this is what's so cool about being Hebrew, Right? It's like you kind of get it all. It's, just, it's cyclical. It's not like, right? I mean, that's the way we want it. It's like, can I just get blood versus blood? All right, good. Got it. And then you go into the next one. It's like, nope. And so it's just kind of all, all in it. Good question. <laughs>